Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. I'm um, Patrick always doing a good job for us, so we appreciate his efforts. Also appreciate your efforts and your participation on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. Uh, you also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. My man Harge at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. And my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. Um, okay, before we get to uh, the Texas Baylor preview, we get to breaking that down uh, just a little bit more. Uh, it is basically kind of the holiday edition of the show because we got two more shows left. It's actually my last show of the week, and then um, I'll start my holiday festivities. But I will be back Friday for the pregame starting at 7 a.m. bright and early. Kegs and eggs before that Texas Baylor matchup, which we'll get to uh, previewing here momentarily. But we're talking to the breaks, and Patrick brought up a really good point. First of all, you, you brought up a point um, that if you're a fan of one of the great holiday comedies, You'll like this news. Yes. And what is the news? The news is that Planes, Trains, and Automobiles has a new release, a new 4K release coming out. Ooh. And it includes like an extra hour of deleted scenes. Hour? Like it's 50 minutes to an hour of deleted scenes. Whoa. Well, Whoa. John Candy and Steve Martin just. Is that in the movie or is that separate? Like you used to watch deleted scenes yeah, separately? Yeah, no. Or they, like they incorporate have on them the, in there's the movie? An, no, there's an extra thing extra where you can thing. just go okay, in and yeah. click in there. Okay. Like wow. if you've never seen the Spinal Tap DVD is always the best because yeah, yeah. Spinal Tap DVD has the whole movie. It had another audio commentary where they did they did the commentary in character, and then oh, there's a good. hour and a half, two hours of outtakes because they improvised a lot of the movie. Yeah. So there's just all these crazy scenes where they're, they're improvising it. So this is you have two comedy giants and in, in John Candy and Steve Martin, and so they're just kind of. Riffing. Ha- like ripping riffing. and having yeah, stuff. Yeah, freestyling. This is improvising, trying to find good stuff. Yeah. Oh, Apparently man. Apparently there's a scene where he's, because John Candy in that movie is That's a uh, shower ring salesman. Yeah. And he is explaining how Psycho ruined the shower ring business. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Apparently, that's one of the Disney scenes. That's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. I like that. Yeah, that's pretty. I did not know that. I didn't hear that. So that's why. And and you made a statement though after we were talking about this in the break about the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That I, honestly, it's hard for me to dispute. It's the best Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, it's I think the you're best, right. there's not like I don't even think I can't really Charlie name Brown other. Thanksgiving is kind of yeah. I mean it's, it's but Planes, Trains, and Automobiles like that's the yeah. Thanksgiving movie. I, it's not. Even a, I can't even think of a lot of Thanksgiving movies. I mean, I believe one of those Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan uh, romantic comedies. Like You've Got Mail? It's like a Thanksgiving-ish time period, it's I like believe. It's Like You've Got Mail or It's whatever. one of those. Yeah, it's one, uh, one of them. What was like the a, other one that was Sleepless in Seattle? Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah yep. You, you're doing pretty well, Patrick, for He's like, been around. Hey, no, no, He's seen like, the movie. Act like he ain't a fan. What yeah. those called? You've Got Mail and uh, what is that other movie? <laughs> no, I've seen no, most of You've Got Mail at one point. They're great movies because Dave Chappelle's in one of them. Yeah. He's in he might be in the Sleepless in Seattle one. Yeah, I, I know that it's just hilarious because you've got mail is based on a reference that no one would get now. Very true. That's a great point. Yeah, it was like that was innovative and creative. Yeah, back at in the, the day. time, <laughs> it's like there's a bunch of songs that start with the modem sound, and you're like, oh, that <laughs> aged horribly. Yeah, that's a great point. Forgot about that, but I I think you're right about that. I think I don't think that's a Thanksgiving movie that can contend with planes, trains, and automobiles. 
Yeah. If you got one, let us know. But. I'd like that. Yeah, Specs text line 512-337-3776. I couldn't find a better one uh, when Patrick mentioned. I couldn't think of a better one. But maybe you can. You always do a good job mm-hmm. with that. Uh, all right, so hit us up on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. Here is, I got this from Horn Sports, so shout out to Horn Sports. They do a good job. Oh, yeah. uh, we, we have oh, so man, many. Aaron, man. Yeah, we have so many uh, great uh, different entities that cover Texas sports period. And we, <clears throat> we're really lucky because our job's really easy. We, as long as we follow the right people. <laughs> and follow the right sites. We'll always find great information. And at Horn Sports uh, is one of those in the Twitterverse. Well, he put out a tweet today that was a quote of the Dave Aranda talking about Quinn Ewers. Thought it was really interesting what Dave Aranda had to say about Quinn Ewers. Remember, what I love about Dave Aranda is you don't get coach speak. Dave Aranda will he will digest your question, listen to it, digest it, and he will legitimately come up with a thoughtful answer. And he right. would go out of his way to give you, and almost to his detriment sometimes, giving you what he thinks is a really thoughtful answer. So they asked him about Quinn Ewers, and here's what he had to say. Quote, when he sees the coverages and he sees really clear what the defense is doing, where his 1v1 is, what his progression is, he's really, really good. When it's dirty, defense muddies the picture, or it's gray, it is better for the defense. His arm strength is such to where he can make all the throws if the ball is on a hash and you are an out uh, out way on the other side, you have to be able to stick your foot in the ground and drive because he can throw that guy open, which is true. We even talked about that in that Bowman game where he literally does that, and that's probably the throw that he's talking about. Uh, but I like his description, and you can tell based on that description what he's going to try to do. He's going to try to uh, muddy up the picture. He's going to try to dirty up the picture and the, and the pre-snap reads for a guy like Quinn Ewers and make things really uncertain for him. Try to discombobulate the young guy uh, rather than uh, giving him just straight-up man-to-man coverage to read on the outside. Uh, I, I'm not. I think he's setting him up for failure. Do you really? Yeah. Okay. I think he's 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 letting him know. Hey, man, we understand because let's be honest, we haven't seen him check out of anything. We haven't, we see him look to the sideline. Yeah. He goes in there, does the fake, look at it. Sark gives the play, mm-hmm. and then he goes with it. He hadn't walked up to the line of scrimmage and actually saw it. So maybe what he's seeing is what Sark is relaying to him. Hey, man, the one on one is to such. So that is where this play is designed to go because we got the matchup that we were looking for. Go to that. I, I, we've talked about this numerous times. I think we've all seen on film that the progression that we have looked at doesn't seem like he is searching through the proper reads as far as where he should and shouldn't throw a ball. We yeah. talked about the double coverages. We talked about him throwing it in the triple coverage on a couple times. So that doesn't lead me to believe that he's seeing where the one-on-one is. You know, I think he's doing the coach thing and doing the right thing, talking about how good the young man's arm is, how he possibly could be such and such a player. But I also believe that he can disguise something to make it very, very uncomfortable for him. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually think you know Dave Aranda's description was pretty accurate. Uh, the truth is why the three high, three down defense is really tough on Quinn Ewers because it muddies up his picture. If it was just more basic two high yeah. coverages or single high, that. he knows what those beaters are naturally. He's seen those coverages a lot, so I do think there is something to muddying up the picture um, and. You 
you know, go look at what TCU was able to do. Yes, they played some man coverage on the outside. They have two of the best corners in the Big 12. Uh, but what they also do is they muddy up the routes because they play uh, bump and run coverage. Right, they they play you. tight coverage, yeah. right? And they try to uh, take uh, basically bump those receivers off of their landmarks. So I, I think there's something to that. I think, but I don't know. They don't play the three high, three down. So they're, they're not going to be able to muddy up the looks or be able to confuse him pre-snap with those same exact concepts that TCU used or that, uh, you know, K-State uh, throughout the Adam too. Uh, I do think Dave Aranda is a really – I think he's a really good coach. Oh, I think he's sure. a great defensive mind. We all know yeah. that. <clears throat> he will have a scheme um, that is designed, if they're going to throw the football, that is designed to uh, confuse and disorient a young quarterback if he's going through his progressions. And that's the problem, see? Yep. Because I think you're right. I think when Quinn Ewers is going through his progressions – that he struggles. And the reason that happens is because as he's a young quarterback, he's inexperienced, he may be going against some defensive looks he hasn't seen. Uh, the defensive players are faster than the ones yeah. that he's accustomed to as well. And it's a brand new offense. And I just think uh, it does, it gets muddier, right? It gets yeah. his pre snap read and all of that, I think, becomes a little less certain. Um, and he becomes less confident in it when he has to go through his entire progressions. But Sark last week took that away from him. There was no progressions right. in the offense. I didn't see him go through many progressions. Didn't have to. Didn't have to. It right. was quick game. Ball was out quick. Um, he only had two passes that were 20 yards or more down the field. I think I saw another pass. I saw another scramble where he attempted looking downfield, going through progressions, but then ended up scrambling. So that was good. Decided not to throw it. Um, air, on the, air on the side of caution. And then he had six total passes past 10 yards. So – with the screen game being what it was, and they had, a, I mean, it was a heavy uh, screen game for Texas, which made sense, right? You want to get him confident, you want to get him in a rhythm. And the screen game, Texas had seven, they were seven of nine on screen. So nine screens you threw. Um, you threw. Uh, 13 passes at or behind uh, the line of scrimmage or within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Um, so between uh, 13 passes within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage or less, nine screen passes. Hell, man, he only threw 21 passes. I don't think I saw him go through many progressions. Right. And I think that's what made it a, a more user-friendly offense. You basically took out the – or at least you lowered the degree of difficulty in your offense when it comes to your quarterback position. Yeah. That's important. It's, it's huge. Because it's the, huge, the, more, yeah. the, the more higher the degree of difficulty, that's when he's more prone to make mistakes and make bad decisions. When it's a lower degree of difficulty, these little screen passes, quick passes at the line of scrimmage, very few uh, deep passes or vertical passes downfield, it's easier for a young quarterback. It's yeah. simple. Yeah. It's easy to teach that. Well, that's what we've been talking about, too, simplify the game for him. Yeah. So let's just make sure that he doesn't have to be overwhelmed with the thought process of things that are going on. We see it. We call it. Yeah. And that's the only thing that I'm like, well, we've seen it enough that we've been around the game plenty to watch him every game. And so we're paying a little bit more attention to what the things that he's comfortable with and what he's not. And you're right. The three high was a big part of the conversation and where things start to really go at him. You talked about the Alabama game. Nick Saban thought his corners were better. He did. So he challenged him. And so it, that was easier for him. That's why he could it go was. deep every single play. Yeah. Because they they were like, oh, I think X-Man can beat him. Jatavian Sanders was mm-hmm. starting to, to flex a little bit. So now that the defensive have tried to change things up on him, 
it's a little bit different than what he was used to yeah, seeing. That's a good point about the Alabama game. I remember Alabama was like, well, if he's if he's supposed to be as good as everybody says, he's got the golden arm, then show me. Yeah. And he did. And he did. Yeah, I mean, if he'd have stayed healthy, he'd probably end up beating uh, Alabama in that game. You know, Helson Card on one damn leg and damn near beat Alabama in that yeah. game. So I agree with you on that point, too. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that Dave Aranda, you know, kind of threw out there his uh, evaluation analysis of Quinn Ewers. I believe that you'll you'll have a similar game, especially if the weather doesn't cooperate, which I think now we're seeing it's going to rain on that Friday. We just don't know at what point when the day it's going to rain. But you're talking about 50, 60 percent chance it's going to rain. Uh, it may not be raining at game time, but it could make the conditions less than favorable. I wouldn't doubt at all if you got another game plan where Bijan is designed to get the ball rushing 25 to 30 times. And very similarly, that Quinn Ewers is asked to do very little in terms of a vertical passing game downfield. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. if listen, you may you you may have to have Quinn Ewers, you know, make some throws to help win you the game if it's a tight game in the fourth quarter. Right. Um. And that's just the reality of it. I mean, he's 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 gonna have to at one point, you know, you got to take the training wheels off and you're gonna have to let Quinn Ewers go win you a game. And you've done that at times this year. But I think in the game last week, he put the training wheels back on. Right. Because I think he saw Quinn Ewers. There was an adjustment that needed to be made, yeah. for sure. Yeah, Quinn Ewers wasn't handling yeah. it well, so he put the training wheels back on. And you can take them back off situationally when you want to. Uh, but I like the way he matched. He's trying to develop a baseline for the young quarterback because right now his productivity is a roller coaster. That's just, <laughs> yeah. so low. Sometimes it's really high. Sometimes it hits a, it's a, a valley. And sometimes it hits a peak. Uh, right now he's trying to get a baseline for his young quarterback. So at least you can expect a certain level of consistency. And we just don't have that with Quinn. Ewers right, right now. We know right. his his talent is unbelievable. Once in a generation talent. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean blessed. Yes, of course. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he is you know developing into a, a good quarterback. That just means he's got a lot of arm talent. I think Sark wants to make him a good quarterback. Yeah. And turn him into a game manager. He gotta learn how to manage the game first. And maybe he never learned how to manage the game, and I think that's what he's asking him to do right now. Manage the game and drive the bus. Let's get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, we'll get to uh, some more Texas uh, Baylor breakdown, obviously, all week long. W- one other thing that I uh, wanted to get to uh, while we got just a little time. We're talking Texas basketball next segment while Texas with their impressive win over Northern Arizona. Woo! Yeah, it was. It, it looked good. I mean, they, they look good. They really do. They look like they they, they <laughs> yeah, so Even with the Zags win coming off of that. And they didn't play in a full game versus Northern Arizona. Um, and actually, I think that was Chris Beer's big complaint. Yeah. That they actually didn't play a full game. Their first half was much more impressive than the second half. But we'll get to that in uh, just a second. Real quick, I wanted to get to this because I thought this was an interesting story. And I don't know if it's going to blow up. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Uh, but I got it from The Athletic. So the NFLPA um, is filing a grievance. I think that's basically what it is. It's a grievance. Um, but they basically, uh, via an NFL memo, uh, the Athletic got this information per an NFL memo sent to club executives. The NFLPA has filed a collusion claim. Mm. The NFLPA is arguing that the NFL owners are colluding to prevent fully guaranteed contracts since no quarterback has gotten one since Deshaun Watson. <laughs> we talked about this at nauseum on this show. We did. We got. We all talked yeah. about it. 
and we all agree that the NFL, it may not be collusion, but they were definitely trying to reset the market. They, uh, uh, they, were, not, they were not respecting the no. precedent no. when it came to these contracts, and they were just going to ignore, I think it's precedent, they're going to ignore the Sean Watson deal completely, and they, they say they did, but the NFL PA did not ignore it. Exactly. No, and I mean, you can also, if you want to be the PA, you can go yell at Kyler Murray. Yeah, that was yeah because he did. Kyler was one of the first ones who came up who wanted to get paid early, he and did. he signed a contract that I still believe they didn't think he was going to sign. Oh yes, right. Remember yep, they, they yep, got the yep. stipulations. There was yeah. like a bunch of supposed to be a bunch of weird stipulations in it. The, the, it wasn't. It, yeah. it just didn't seem like he could have gotten more. The film watching right. stipulation that was your theory, right? It was that well, there was because there was that that was the big one, but apparently there was a the lot of other like little they, stuff that no one would have ever signed. Yeah, and also you were like, oh no, you'd want more money guaranteed too. As a mobile quarterback who's been injured every year, you'd think you'd want more of a guarantee. Yeah. Say so all those things, it didn't make sense, but that was like, they were like, oh, cool, we just reset the market. I know. His agent that, his agent really screwed that up. Well, yeah. I remember, you say. were like, he needs to be fired. No, I would have fired. I would yeah. him, I would have fired my I, I would have hired David Mulligetta. Yep. Who Deshaun Watson's yep, agent? Because yep. that right now he's the best agent in the NFL, and I think it's obvious. <laughs> right, nobody's been able to get that deal since. Yep. What is Lamar Jackson waiting on? Well, it goes go back to what Mother you said. It goes back to what you just said. The collusion is out there. It's I mean, they're, they're, nobody else has gotten this contract. Nobody, come on, man. Lamar Jackson wants it too. I think that's, you does. He's, he's waiting on that. His thing. people are better <laughs> spearheading this. His people. Well, I don't know. If oh, he has for to, sure. But his representation, I guarantee, you are spearheading this because he mom wants to is at that meeting right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is his representation. Unfortunately, that is true. Yeah. His mom is probably mom on the phone. Mom is at that meeting telling them right now, my baby deserves <laughs> this money. He didn't work hard for y'all. Oh, but again, man. I'll tell you this. I don't think anyone gets a fully guaranteed contract like that in, unless it's on the open market. I don't think you get re-signed with it. No team is going to offer you that until you're on the open market. I totally agree with you. Right. Because they, that's how the – remember, he wasn't – Cleveland wasn't in his top three. No. He was going At to all, other teams. Right. He was supposed and to be going to said, Atlanta. They said, hey, man, we need you. We'll go fully we'll go guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. So I think when you get a team that goes, oh, yeah. no, we'll go fully guaranteed because we have – no one wants to come here. So let's go with your theory. Let's say Lamar is the next guy. He wants his fully guaranteed deal. If anybody can demand it, it would be him. He's got the MVP in the bag, right? He's got he's got the stats to back it up. And we know he needs to get his money right now because, yeah, he could be hurt. So he can't get fully guaranteed. He was, he's going to want it, though. He's going to want it. But then Josh Allen would want it, too. Like, all these guys are going to want it. But yeah. unless they're considered pocket passers, I agree. It's a little ha- it's hazardous to, to right. pay those guys guaranteed money. So let's play this. Uh, have this thought experiment. Let's say he hits the free agent market, which is going to be tough because they're going to franchise him three, four times <laughs> before they let him hit the free right, agent market. Right. So we're talking about something that wouldn't happen for years to come. But anyway. does he play on the franchise tag? That's a good point. He you could, know what I'm saying? Because he, 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 he can say, I'm done. You're right. He he could. Could. I mean, he played this he year. Could. So if he sat out on that, he have a little bit more leverage. Like, hey, man, I sat out without the – when I was under contract still, under my contract, I played. That's right. true, and he, he, he and they, everybody's basically telling him that it's ill-advised that he play right now while yeah, negotiating the right. contract. That that's not how you do it, and that's bad. But he's like, no, I'm not gonna let my teammates down. I'm, I'm here. I'm playing for them, but I'm negotiating with you guys. Yeah. and it's weird that he's got to negotiate himself too. What team could you guys see? Because it took the Browns, right? The yeah. Browns to give Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed deal. Would anybody else do something so drastic? You know, somebody would, but who is it? I would, what I, team is that desperate? I don't know about for the, a QB right now. Ooh, 
or at least it will be in the next couple of years. There will be a couple teams that will be looking at Lamar Jackson, but it goes back to what we're talking about. What when we were talking about the Kyler Murray situation, what offensive system do you see oh, Lamar yeah. Jackson being able to go into? That's true too. I think he could throw the ball with anybody. I think he would be able to run anybody's offense. But who would be the team that would need to pay a quarterback that kind of money? I would say the New Orleans Saints. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's a good one. Yes, yeah, and I could good. also see people like that's it has good. to be a town that's where good. people may not necessarily want to go to. Because like you would say the Giants, who just yeah. haven't been able to find a quarterback, really. The Giants may, but you're like, all right, well, they had Dabble right now. He's doing well, and they're not, he, you don't want to put Lamar Jackson with Dabble necessarily. And then you also go, it's New York. We'll get somebody. Uh, yeah. Dabble, though, knows how to work with them QBs that can yeah. run, though. He yep. does, man. I like that offense with him and Josh Allen. Somebody, I like the text here. It says, uh, the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, they could. And they, they play are. good they defense, are. too. Yeah, and they team. got Nobody good wide go receivers, too. That Jets hey, are interesting. And they're, and they're not happy with Zach Wilson yeah. at the moment. At, oh, man, he That's had, perfect oh. trade bait. Yeah, that's a good point because he's still young he's enough. He's still young enough. You could claim yes. we could reinvent him, his career, so he's still got some draft yep. and value. Oh, Jets is good like that. Uh-oh, how about this one, Patrick? The Raiders. Oh, Las yeah, Vegas. definitely. Las Vegas, baby. Yeah, I, so the only reason I don't see that one as much is because the same reason that all the rumors are they're not going to fire Josh McDaniels, which is they don't have a billionaire owner. Yeah. Like, he's a billionaire because he owns the Raiders, yeah. but he is not a billionaire that, cash. That owns the Raiders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. He does not have a billion dollars elsewhere where he can just go, hey, That's man, fair. here's a check for $300 million. Man, but him in Vegas, though. Lamar Jackson oh, no. in Vegas is perfect. But you're right. I, I, you're I get right, that. Oh, that's yeah, what I'm just saying. Yeah. You have to think that is has to be an owner as well who's willing to write a $150, $200 million check. And think nothing of it. Yeah, and just go, here you go. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know, honestly, it might sound crazy. This might, It would be crazy. I know, it's definitely going to be crazy. Nah, I know where gonna, you're going. Yeah, it, it's too crazy. I'm too crazy to even get it. I'm not going there. Too crazy. Too crazy. There. It's too crazy. I'm not going. I'm not even going. Was it go CFL? There. It was a CFL, right? <laughs> go there. The what people want to know. What was it? What you say? Was he going to the CFL? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was in the NFL, but it was like it, it kind of went to your point about who's got the money that can I just straight up I, yep. pay. And like, you know what? No, I'm just gonna make a splash and I'll pay for it. But I'm, I'm not going there. Come on, I want you to go there. <laughs> what do you think I'm gonna I, say? I think you're gonna say Washington. <laughs> Washington is good, right? Hey, they get that new owner. Or, they got they can spend money. Yes, they will have a new owner, and they will be able to spend money, and they do want to make a splash. If it's Bezos, he's definitely oh, going to make a splash. Hey, you got you got Durant, Jay Z out there. That's yeah, good. The Washington, like that the Washington yeah. is not crazy. Wait, That's not crazy. Thinking, wait, all right. That's not crazy. What's you your crazy one? If you were about to say Denver. Yeah, I knew it. He's gonna be giving up on Russell Wilson and saying screw it. it. Yeah, get us I a knew it was gonna be Denver. Like, I knew it was gonna be one of throwing, those two you know teams. I mean? Basically, yeah. throwing, you know, maybe it's good money after bad or whatever. But I, you know, because you thought about the owner and, you're owner about, got, and you yeah. had no the draft picks. Was, like yeah, you do, but I think I think with Russell, gone. I think with Russell Wilson, you have to go and get another coach first before you give up oh, on I that know. investment. Yeah. You got to at least give another coach a chance to try and do something. I agree. Like, Look, Nathaniel Haggins, but the other coach Andrew, may but. not want him exactly because I get that, but he's you, so unlikable. In but the you, room. Hey, <laughs> but again, like you now. got money, you can hire a coach and yeah, go. That's hey, true. here's an extra two million to deal with Russell Wilson, but we're paying him three hundred million, so we need you. To go make it work. We just think Nathaniel Hackett's a bust. No, I'm just, I, was just yeah. Saying, that's, yeah. I told you it was crazy. That's why I didn't mention it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it crazy. That's what the show is, Ron. Right. <laughs> right. This show crazy. is crazy, man. We got to talk about these things. The people want to know. <laughs> Tell me you're crazy. <laughs> Tell me you're crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, Texas Longhorn men's basketball team keeping their winning way scoring versus Northern Arizona. We'll do that on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. 
Back tomorrow, don't lie, right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And uh, this day in history, of course, uh, getting closer and closer to the holiday season and uh, Thanksgiving holiday coming up uh, this week on Thursday. So uh, for everybody out there, in case uh, we don't get to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, the guys will be here tomorrow to do that. Uh, I won't. But happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there uh, and happy holidays to everybody out there. So we hope everybody, uh, you know, hope everybody recognizes how blessed you actually are. Are. Uh, we all are pretty blessed, uh, even though everybody goes through their, their own trials and tribulations. Uh, but hopefully everybody around this time of year can think about all the blessings in their own lives. All right. Let's get to Texas basketball. A lot of Texas basketball fans are actually feeling blessed these days uh, because they got another win from their team, this time over northern Arizona. And uh, I heard Chris Beard on uh, Light the Tower. He actually wasn't on with them, but my man uh, Craig Way has some sound from Chris Beard. And he did say that he was really happy the way his team performed in the first half. They actually scored 50 points in the first half. They had a 50-22 lead on northern Arizona but only end up scoring 23 points in the second half. Most of that was due to them being on fire from three-point range in the first half. I think they were 6 of 12 from three-point range uh, in the first half. Uh, they finished the game, I believe, 1 of 12 uh, in, this, in the second half from the three-point line. So that was probably the biggest difference in disparity as to why they were so prolific in the first half compared to the second. My biggest thing with this team is the way that they play defensively. Mm-hmm. That 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 is the thing that I keep looking at. They're smothering people. They They're are, going man. after them. Yeah. And the athleticism that they play with is something that we hadn't seen at the University of Texas in quite some time. I mean, they are getting up and down the floor. And yes, I'm gonna be. We're gonna all be critical of the shooting. And how they're getting their points from three-point land? Or are they ever going to get to the point where we can feel comfortable about the way that they shoot? I really don't know. I really don't know. They were 29%. But when you watch the way they get up and down the floor and how excited they are to play with each mm-hmm. other, that seems to be a totally different energy that they're bringing every single game thus far. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the big reasons why they wanted to do this game in the Valley well, there was things of, hey, let's keep our fan base down there. Let's, you know, keep mm-hmm. uh, keep our love in the the Valley. It was something where you could control your first road game of the season. It's your first true road game. You're going to New York to play Illinois in a Very big true. matchup. So that is a big matchup, and you want to kind of go, hey, man, think about how you're getting to the plane. Think about all the little, like how we're getting yeah. up all these things. I don't want you to think about when we're going to play a real team. We're going to play Northern Arizona. We know we can beat them. Yeah. And we're going to play where we still control things because we're putting on the game. But we're going to make it to where we're going to simulate a lot of this stuff. And I think that was the thing you saw in the second half was, yeah, man, when you're on the road, we don't get that big run out second half where you kind of get pumped back up for the second half. Y'all won the first half and y'all went home. And this Y'all, team, y'all yeah. checked out in your head. We yeah, won. Huh. We got. And yep. you can't do that when we're playing in the Big 12. Yep. Like when we start playing in the Big 12, that West Virginia will come back and bite you. Yeah. Like these Kansas State will come back and beat you. 
And like you can't lose those games. That's a good point. If you like, if you if you're playing against Tech and they play you a good game and you lose, that's just a good basketball game. Kansas, Baylor, those are just good games, and you drop some of them. But you cannot lose these lesser opponents because you get down because you're on the road and you're like, ah, we were up by 20 in the first half. And you relax, yeah. and then you yeah. come out and you don't have that hype up. So I think <laughs> this was a good test of, hey man, when we're not at home and you don't have those luxuries and you're not used to it and you're not used to the cheerleaders coming out and you got the student section going yeah. nuts for you. And we come out, can you get that same intensity going into the second half? And they lacked it in this game. They did. It, again, not a huge thing because you had a 30-point lead. But it was disappointing to watch him not go on a single run in the second half. Yeah, you're right. And actually, Northern Arizona had you know a couple of right. runs on yeah. their own. They actually in the second half. And yeah, it, it, and it's interesting. Uh, I wonder if certain guys, right, that end up you know coming off the you know different combinations, I should say, of uh, of Texas playing different guys could end up. You know, helping relieve some of that issue if they end up uh, coming out with a little bit uh, less excitement or right. coming out with a less enthusiasm in the second half. Uh, I think Patrick's right. I think they were just on the road and they played against a team they know they were better than, and the team just relaxed. Uh, and and Chris Beard didn't seem concerned either. Usually, uh, Chris Beard he'll you know he'll let you know that he thought something was a a true issue for them and a true problem. He didn't seem concerned about it. He actually was excited that they got a lot of. Uh, bench minutes for a lot of the different well, players. Man, I think I think well, he's Perryman in early. He talked in the about game. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Perryman's playing because he's a good he's a he's a good guard you can put in to give you hustle minutes yeah. as a guard. And you're like, look, we don't think he's gonna mess stuff up too bad. And he he plays he's intense on defense. I'll give him that. He is intense <laughs> on defense. But I think the point was, if you're a coach, you gotta love it. You go, man, this I got my yelling material. Mm-hmm. Like we always laugh. Nick Saban was always a guy. Nick Saban loved mm-hmm. a late interception or something like that to be like. All right, we won by 60, but I can go back in the locker room and light you up right. because you you did something wrong. Chris Beard gets that where he goes, oh, no, we got to go sit and watch film now, and I can pick them apart of all the things they're doing wrong. We're, we're riding high. We're number four in the country. These guys feel real good. I need to take them down a notch or two to make sure they realize this, this is not a given. We're not in the tournament yet. we got a long road ahead of us, yeah. and these are the little things. And if we, met, we, we forget about the little things, the big things disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Even a true freshman, uh, Anamikwe, he played double-digit minutes. Got some walk-ons in there. Yeah, got everybody some. Every, hey, er, ain't no fun if the homies can't yeah, have none, Every right? scholarship player scored for Texas, and uh, Chris Beard talked about how they're nine deep, but he said they're knocking on the door being ten deep. Yeah. And I think he was referring to Anamikwe being the tenth guy, get that, Get that work. Get that work. Uh, so yeah, I mean they're they're Start deep to team. Step up a little bit. And yeah, I mean they, they're having these type of performances, but you know some of the players, strangely enough, from last season that were key haven't even gotten rolling yet. And nope. I just think the the roles that that have changed for them in this new offense with this new roster it just may be hard for guys like Timmy Allen yeah. to find their place just right now. But he will because he's playing with a lot. He's playing with great energy. And he's, he's playing a, with a great yeah. attitude. He's just not really effective right now. Yeah. yeah, and he's a he's he's one of those glue guys as well. Yeah, exactly. That he's doing everything else, but once he can give you, a, he's not going to be the leading scorer anymore. Not that's anymore. for sure. Yeah, but he will definitely be a guy that there will be a game where he has a ten to twelve point performance. There might be a game where he has sixteen boards just because he can go in there and do that. But he's not the guy that they're leaning on to say carry us. Because now you have a lot of guys that can score buckets yep. from yeah. different ways. Yeah, he'll definitely I'm, – I'm sure he'll have his games this season where you're like, oh, all right, this guy came out and balled out and saved us in a game. Yep. Or he's going to have those. 
And I'll just tell everybody, I th- I last I checked, there's still tickets available for Saturday. Mm-hmm. Gregory uh, Jim. The, the, it's a Gregory Jim game. I know last year, I think a lot of people aren't looking for tickets because last year it was basically just for students. students. But yeah. because it's the Thanksgiving holiday and so many students are out, there are tickets. They're pretty cheap. They will uh, And it's a cool you. experience to go in there. And it can get really loud in there because it's so small. Yeah. No, you're right about that. So if you and your family looking for something to do uh, over yeah. the holidays, yeah. it'd be pretty cool to go out to the Gregory Gym and watch this basketball team, one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. Uh, watch a number four team in the country. And you get to watch There's a team aiming to be a one seed in the tournament. Yeah. You get to watch them in a really in small a gym. environment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And basically what amounts to the size of a high school gym. Yeah. <laughs> Scream. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. That, that's a really cool uh, experience for Texas basketball fans out there. Uh, so Texas wins, beats Northern Arizona, Texas uh, 73 Northern Arizona 48. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap this thing up, put it in the oven, let you know what's on tap for us right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's five o'clock somewhere. Wait. It's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... Mm, mm, mm. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. If you missed any part of the shows, please go to hornfm.com and you can uh, catch up with them on the podcast page there at hornfm.com. Uh, also, uh, the college football playoff rankings uh, being released right now as we speak. Uh, the Big 12 teams that you need to know about. Texas is 23rd. K-State, you say 12, Harch? 12, uh, And yep. TCU still in, still in the college football playoff because they are at number four. But they are trying to find every way they can to try to – Basically, try to screw over TCU. <laughs> they are. They're working hard to do that. Yeah, they just uh, – it's a, it's a great movie that was based on a book that was based on a line from Sex in the City called He's Just Not That Into You. Uh, I'm trying to explain to women why that D-bag, a-hole guy that you really like just doesn't like you back. Uh, that's yep. TCU in the college football playoff. The college football playoff is just not that into TCU. They screwed them over once in 2014, and they are trying their best to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so, TCU, don't give them a reason. Take care of business. Handle your business. Handle your business, TCU. I'm rooting for I, I, root, I root for the state of Texas, so I hope TCU does well. On time I was reading, reading against them was when they were yeah, long I, I hope they do well. I also hope that Kansas beats K-State. We play them in the Big 12 championship. Whoop them. And whoop them and knock them out. Knock out. No, so that would saying. be awesome. That saying, would be awesome. I, I got some hopes, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, I got uh, some hopes. <laughs> All right, what you got, what you got on tap, Arch? Right, uh, uh, apparently, everybody's at my house. So my uh, sisters just text me. You hosted. Yeah, I guess they all came into the crib. So I'm going to go home and hang out with my kin folks. We haven't been together in mm. six years. So my nice. mom's coming in tomorrow. Oh, so cool. we'll be all together for Thanksgiving for the first time in six years. 2 5 four. That is representing. <laughs> uh, Patrick, what you got on tap, brother? Uh, big game, Arkansas and Creighton. Got to look some scouting for Creighton. That's we got to play them play them coming up. So. It. Ooh, yep. That's going to be good. Uh, I'm getting on the road. I'm heading to yep. H-Town. Be careful, my so brother. I'll see you guys Friday. Thank you, brother. For sure. I will be careful. Hey, what's up? What's happening under the lights tonight? Oh, it's right. Under the lights coming up next. Got my man Rick Epstein and Jeff Power. 
Uh, Hank Carter is going to join them. The head coach of Lake Travis is going to join them. Uh, also, the head coach of Georgetown, uh, Coach Chuck Griffin, is going to join them as well. And Alex Witt, running back from Vandegrift, joining the crew tonight for Under the Lights with uh, Rick Epstein and Jeff Power. So don't go anywhere. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. Happy Thanksgiving. And everybody be safe. Peace. Peace.